0: Good morning, everyone. Good day. Good evening. Welcome to The Mystic Show. My name is Chris Curran, and I'm happy to be here this morning. Here it's morning. It's 7 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, That's New York City time. And uh, we do this show every weekday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern. And um, we also archive all the episodes on our website on our website is www.themysticshow.net dot The mystic Show.net. And um, yeah, this is the show where we talk about well, a lot of different things actually. Spirituality, uh, mindfulness and personal development as well. In a way this show originated from, from my interests, really, uh, I started this show because I've always been interested in personal development and I've always been interested in spirituality or mysticism or whatever you want to call that. Um, read a lot of different books. I've studied various systems and texts and, um, And now I'm very happily practicing a certain type of meditation, which is called uh, Sahaj Marg. It's actually, which means uh, the natural path. And it's a very practical system of meditation. It's really a spiritual practice. It's not just meditation. Um, But anyhow, our website, themysticshow.net, you can find our phone number there and you can call us. That's right, I'm looking at it right here, 973-498-8033, and yeah, 973-498-8033, and you can also contact us, or connect with us via Skype. We have, uh, I actually have it up right now, it is on, it is plugged in. And uh yeah, so I'm ready to receive any Skype calls. My uh the Skype handle here is Fractal Stream. Uh F R A C T A L Stream S T R E A M. And I th- I guess we have to connect first on Skype, like kind of become friends or something or become, you know, accept one another as contacts or something. And then it's easy to make a free call. Skype is free. So, we have the phone, we have Skype, and we have me, and we also have uh, the sunrise. Actually, a few minutes ago, the like the hora- red along the horizon was like red. And then it got orange and yellow and then light blue. It was pretty nice. There's a nice window here. Every morning I come into the studio, I... Um, before I turn on all the equipment, and uh, usually I make a cup of tea as well, and I just open the blinds if they're not open already, and I just look look out across the way, and because that's where the sun rises. I can see where it rises. So we had a great show yesterday. I hope you enjoyed that one. Because we started reading from uh, our next book, I was going to say new book, but this is not a new book. This book if you're if you're alive and listening to my voice right now, this book is older than you. Although there are some people who are are there anyone are people left who are 110 years old? There's got to be people in the probably Japan, right? That are like 110, 112. Anyhow, that's how old this book is. This book is called Above Life's Turmoil by James Allen. And we started reading this yesterday, and uh, James Allen, of course, being the English mystic. And this book really, you know, we read the foreword, which was written by James Allen himself, and he wrote that, you know, in our material lives there's always a lot of activity, you could even call it chaos, craziness, right? There's there's always a lot of stuff going on, a lot of turmoil in the world that we cannot avoid. But he makes a very good distinction, and I'm sure you being a mystic on the mystic path, um, he makes the distinction that just because the world is crazy outside of yourself doesn't mean that inside your own mind and heart has to be crazy also. So becoming calm and peaceful and in control of ourselves on the inside, in our heart and in our mind, that's when we can rise above life's turmoil. And it's It's brilliant. Because, I don't know, I've lived for, I guess, I don't know, more than 40 years now. Of course, the first probably three or four or five years, I don't really remember very much. I'm actually always amazed by people who remember when they were like one and a half years old. Oh, I remember I was one and a half and my mom was taking me and we did, and I'm like, what? How can you remember when you're one and a half or two? I don't know. I guess it's possible. So um I, I've tried a lot of different things in my life. I've started businesses, I've started ventures, I've done you know, you try a lot of stuff. I'm a I'm a creative person. I try a lot of stuff. And literally almost none of it ever worked. <laughs> I don't think well I mean, it kind of worked, but I don't know. Me and my wife have this talk all the time because I say that, I basically tell her that nothing that I've done has really worked (laughs) and she doesn't believe that. And it's probably, she's probably right. But anyway, we know when we try to do things in the material world, a lot of times it doesn't work because we don't have control over it. There's so many variables, there's so many people and things interacting that even if you have the best intentions, let's say for starting a business, you have the best intentions, you have the, the you have the money you need to start the business, you buy all the equipment you need, you hire some good people, but you know what? You just, you never know if it's going to really succeed. And most times it doesn't which is, you know, in a way kind of frustrating, but in a way, I guess that's life, right? That's what we're here to learn. We're here to try stuff and, 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 uh, see what happens. But my whole point is <clears throat> that there come, there came a time in my life when I, when I kind of hit the wall and I said, I said, Hey, this is crazy. I'm trying to do stuff on the outside. And it, Nothing, nothing's working. So there's got to be more to life than this. And um, I, I need a clip of the Bjork song that's, the. there's more to life than this. I need to play that clip when I say that. Um, but, right, so that's when I started looking inside. I said meditation, spirituality, you know, there's there's got to be more. And, of course, death... Our own death is looming on the horizon all the time. And that's definitely coming. So that's going to be an experience. So what's going to happen then? What's going to happen after that? So these are all the questions. Anyway, those are some of the questions that led me on the practical spiritual path. Because it's one thing to read books. It's another thing to do and learn. You know, when you read a book, like if you read if you read 10 books about business, but you'd never owned a business or ran a business, right? Let's say you read 10 books but you've never had a business. And you have to let's say debate some topics with a person who has never read any books on business. But he's had a business successfully for 30 years. Now, who's going to win that debate? (laughs) That's easy. Right? The person who's done it, who has the experience. So, in a way, that's what we have to do spiritually, right? We have to get experience. We have to do. And it's fun, actually, (laughs) it's not only fun, but you learn a lot and you feel good that you're preparing for, you know, the next life or the next world or the next step on your journey or whatever you want to call that. Anyhow, all that is part of rising <clears throat> above life's turmoil, which is this book by James Allen. So let's get into it. This is the second piece. I decided to call them pieces because they're not really chapters they're they're pretty short and they're not numbered, and actually in the forward, James Allen himself calls them pieces, so I'm just going to call them pieces. so this piece is uh titled "The Immortal Man: The Immortal Man." All right, so we'll go ahead and read this. Immortality is here and now, and is not a speculative something beyond the grave. It is a lucid state of consciousness in which the sensations of the body, the varying and unrestful states of mind, and the circumstances and events of life are seen to be of a fleeting, and therefore of an illusory character. Immortality does not belong to time and will never be found in time. It belongs to eternity. And just as time is here and now, so is eternity. Here and now. And a man may find that eternity and establish in it if he will overcome the self that derives its life from the unsatisfying and perishable things of time. Whilst a man remains immersed in sensation desire and the passing events of his day-to-day existence and regards those sensations, desires, and passing events as the essence of himself, he can have no knowledge of immortality. The thing which such a man desires and which he mistakes for immortality, is persistence, that is, a continuous succession of sensations and events in time, living in, loving, and clinging to the things which stimulate and minister to his immediate gratification. And realizing no state of consciousness above and independent of this, he thirsts for its continuance and strives to banish the thought that he will at last have to part from those earthly luxuries and delights to which he has become enslaved and which he regards as being inseparable from himself. Persistence is the antithesis of immortality. And to be absorbed in it is spiritual death. Its very nature is change, impermanence. It is a continual living and dying. The death of the body can never bestow upon a man immortality. Spirits are not different from men and live their little feverish life of broken consciousness and are still immersed in change and And mortality. The mortal man, he who thirsts for persistence of his pleasure loving personality, is still mortal after death, and only lives another life with a beginning and an end without memory of the past or knowledge of the future. The immortal man is he who has detached himself from the things of time by having ascended into that state of consciousness which is fixed and unvariable It is and is not affected by passing events and sensations. Human life, consists of an ever-moving procession of events and in this procession the mortal man is immersed and he is carried along with it and being so carried along he has no knowledge of what is behind and before him The immortal man is he who has stepped out of this procession, and he stands by, unmoved, and watches it. And from his fixed place, he sees both the before, the behind, and the middle of the moving thing called life. No longer identifying himself with the sensations and fluctuations of the personality or with the outward changes which make up the life in time, he has become the passionless spectator of his own destiny and of the destinies of the men and nations. The mortal man also is one who is caught in a dream and he neither knows that he was formerly awake nor that he will wake again. He is a dreamer without knowledge, nothing more. The immortal man is as one who ...who has awakened out of his dream... ...and he knows that his dream... ...was not an enduring reality... ...but a passing illusion. He is a man with knowledge... ...the knowledge of both states... ...that of persistence... ...and that of immortality... ...and is in full possession... Of himself, The mortal man lives in the time or world state of consciousness which begins and ends. The immortal man lives in the cosmic or heavenly state of consciousness in which there is neither beginning nor end but an eternal now. Such a man remains poised and steadfast under all changes. And the death of his body will not in any way interrupt the eternal consciousness in which he abides. Of such a one, it is said, He shall not taste of death Because he has stepped out of the stream of mortality And established himself in the abode of truth And its glory is undimmed by time The immortal man, then, is he who has conquered himself who no longer identifies himself with the self-seeking forces of the personality, but who has trained himself to direct those forces with the hand of a master, and so has brought them into harmony with the causal energy and source of all things. The fret and fever of life has ceased, doubt and fear are cast out, and death is not for him who has realized the fadeless splendor of that life of truth by adjusting heart and mind to the eternal and unchangeable verities." Okay, that's uh, The Immortal Man. Mm. Let's take a quick break. Thank you to Anya for the musical interlude It's called Watermark It's off her album Watermark Which is one of the greatest, you know, albums that sound like this ever So welcome back to The Mystic Show I'm Chris Curran And we do the show live every weekday at 7am Eastern Time And we also replay it on the Fractal Stream uh, twice in the evening. You can check the website for that information, as well as our phone number and our Skype handle. So go to the website, themysticshow.net, themysticshow.net, and you can find our phone number and our Skype handle and other information, too. You can even send us a, a note through the website, through the Contact Us page. So if you have any comments, or um, or you have a someone you think might be a good guest on this show, someone that I can interview, send them uh, send them our way, for sure. So yeah, all right. Well, hey, we read the immortal man. What what do you think about that? Right, he's talking about stepping out of pers- the persistence of time. Which, by the way, was a great uh, Anthrax song as well, <laughs> for those of you uh, '80s uh, metal fans. Um, right, stepping out of the the fray, out of the craziness of life, into the into the eternity. Really, that's what he says. You know, the fret and fever of life has ceased. Doubt and fear are cast out, and death is not for him who has realized the fadeless splendor of that life of truth. Right? So there's, that. in, in my view, that's true spirituality. So, if we're aiming to get to that place, which again, he even mentions that, that he shall not taste of death because he has stepped out of the stream of mortality. So it's almost like we can overcome death before we die by stepping into this truly spiritual realm. And that's why, you know, I think everything in the world has its place, but I think a lot of, uh, there's some teaching in the world and some practices in the world which are, very much based in the world, and they're not really stepping out of the world into the true spiritual world, but yet they they kind of, you know, use the word spiritual. And I've always kind of, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know how to say this. Let's just say that everyone's at their own level and everyone is doing what they can, and everyone is doing what they should be doing, I guess. Um, and some of that is, you know, is a very superficial spirituality, which might be the case with some people, you know, how they u- utilize their own religion. They might do it in a very superficial way. But also, people can be part of a of a very good spiritual practice, a real spiritual practice, but also not be taking it seriously and sort of being very superficial about it. So so you kind of have to look at the practice itself and and evaluate that. Is it a good practice? Is it a real spiritual practice trying to help you achieve this state of the immortal man? Or is it just, you know, let's hang out and relax and let's 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 pray for, you know, let's pray for ourselves or whatever. Um, Anyway, so the immortal man, I mean, this is, I I love that, the way he just, he puts it so well, doesn't he? I mean, that's why he's James Allen. (laughs) So I want to tell a funny story now. Um, Have you ever used, um, let's see, when, when I travel, a lot of times I use orbits. Orbits is a website where you can sort of plan out your trip and and buy your tickets as well. And I've also used there's other sites right like Priceline and Expedia. Um, <clears throat> well, there was one time I used one of these services. I won't say which one. <clears throat> Expedia. <clears throat> Expedia. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm not going to mention the actual site that I used. <laughs> Um, okay, so I was going to, uh, Dubai in the United Arab Emirates and I went on to this site and I got my tickets and it was, you know, there was a few different legs, I had to change a plane here, change a plane there. Cause I was going, I think from Dubai to India and then back from Dubai, I, I can't remember how I did it or, or no, I was going from Dubai to India. That was it. And so I bought a ticket. Which was supposed to fly from Dubai to Abu Dhabi, which is also which is like an hour away, and then go to India. So I, I got all ready to go to the airport, right? You know, I'm in a foreign country, so you gotta make sure you have enough time and make sure you can get a cab or a car. So I had my my plane tickets and I went to the uh, airport and I was trying to find my airline and my plane and I, I couldn't find it I mean I couldn't even find the airline because it was a name I didn't recognize um and so I'm walking around and I went to the place you know the service desk where I guess you ask you can ask questions and I asked them I said where's my flight and they looked at it and and they grabbed the card out of my hand and they, they, they're looking at it and they couldn't they didn't even know they didn't know what it was so then they called another guy from the back room and he came out. He looked at it and he said, I, I don't know. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, wow, you know, I was starting to get a little nervous. So they said, look, go walk way over there and ask that person at that counter. I said, okay. So I walked across pretty much across the whole airport and found the person and I asked them and I said, what is, you know, what, where's my plane? And she said, oh, it's, uh, you just go way back over where you just were, but, oh, and also go downstairs. That's where it is. And I said, okay. So I went way back over where I came from, went down the stairs, and I didn't see anything. I just saw like a little waiting area, and I was asking around, I was like, what is this, like, where's my plane? And uh, I ended up finding a guy, oh, by the way, then at that point, I saw a bus pull up on Outside, right? And some people got up and went outside and got on a bus. And I was, I didn't think anything of it. So this guy finally, somebody looked at my ticket and knew what it was. And he said, You know what? He said, This isn't a flight. This is a bus. <laughs> and I said, Excuse me? You know, I mean, I bought my tickets online, my flight. <laughs> Anyway, it wasn't a flight, and so that's fine, but you know what he said? He says, well, and yeah, it's a bus, and, and yeah, buses leave from right here, and, and the place where you're going is, is probably only about an hour and a half drive by car or by bus. But he said, look, your bus doesn't leave from this airport, this terminal. You have to go across town <laughs> to the other bus terminal. And get on the bus there. And I said, Where, how far is that? He said, oh, it's about 45 minutes. And I was like, you know, and the clock is ticking here. You know, my, my connecting flight is, is is leaving in, let's say, three hours or so. So I had, to, I had to get there. And I was pretty much flabbergasted. And I was like, look, so I just went outside and I saw a cab. I said, look, take me here. How much? And I'm sure he charged me three times what it normally costs. But I said, fine, let's go right now. (laughs) And we threw my bags in the trunk and we drove about an hour and a half through a lot of desert-like areas, a lot of sand, and uh, ended up getting to, I think it was Abu Dhabi, and uh, I ended up catching my flight. And I did okay. But right, that's a freaky little story of, you know, you're expecting one thing, you don't even think that if you buy plane tickets online that one of the one leg of the trip is going to be by bus <laughs> and it doesn't you know there's no big red letters that say alert you know this is a bus not a flight so these kind of things happen when you travel around the world to to spend time with your spiritual guide that's what I that's where I was headed and um i mean that's life as well right our lives throw us Curveballs. So, yeah, on that trip, I actually went to, like I said, spend time with my spiritual guide. And uh, so I had spent, I think, a week in Dubai when he was in Dubai. And that was good. Um, Got to see him and got to meditate and everything. And, you know, it's, I don't know if you have a spiritual guide. Um, but I can say from my own experience that it has made, I mean, from, from before I started the practice I do with my spiritual guide before that was like, it wasn't even nursery school. It was like, it was like being three days old. (laughs) And now, you know, now that I'm in a practice, which has, it's a, it's a, you know, a real practice with a real spiritual guide with, with a real goal for each person who practices. And it's unbelievable how, how we can receive help from someone who in a way has been there and done that, you know, and, and having a spiritual guide is, is no different than, you know, if you want to take tennis lessons, right let's say you want to learn tennis and you're going to go find somebody who can teach you tennis you know you'll hire a tennis instructor and you'll actually pay money for this person to teach you tennis why why would you do that aren't you quite capable by yourself of 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 reading some books and learning the technique and practicing on your own in your backyard. Aren't you quite capable of that? Yeah, you are. You're very capable of that. The only problem is it's going to take you about 20 years, (laughs) or maybe not 20 years. It's going to take you about five years and a lot of wasted time and effort to learn anything. And even when you learn things on your own, you're probably not learning it correctly. And later on, you're going to have to change what you're doing again and again and again. Right? So, what do you do? Well, you pay money and you hire a tennis instructor. Someone who probably used to play tennis professionally. Who's been there and done that. Who who already went through 10 or 15 or 20 years of practice and technique and everything. He's already distilled what's important, what's not important he can look at you and tell where you are on the journey are you at the very beginning are you in the middle because the training the, the training changes based on where the the student is right so all these reasons are the exact same reasons why it's very very helpful to have a spiritual guide and a lot of folks would say it's indispensable, meaning that without a spiritual guide, you can never really achieve very much. And, you know, you may not agree with that, which, in which case you should pick up the phone and give me a call <laughs> and let me know your thoughts. But, you know, when it comes to a spiritual guide, what you're really looking for is someone who has achieved something spiritually right? Someone who has achieved the spiritual goal or goals that you would like to achieve. Again, you want to learn tennis, you hire a tennis instructor. You don't hire a cooking instructor to teach you tennis, right? Doesn't make sense. So this this practice of having a, a guru or a spiritual guide is, is an ancient practice, um, especially in the East. I think here in America, we don't realize how prevalent it is in the east to not well there's there's much more of a reverence and respect for older people in general but there's also this idea of having a spiritual guide someone with a lot more experience who can help um so what do you get when you have a spiritual guide well you get the teaching right you get you have someone who can almost watch out for you, look over you, help you learn, maybe at the right time right time suggest different things to you. Um, you know, for, in, for instance, um, if you're practicing, if you're doing the same old practice for several years and your spiritual guide sees that, hey, you know, maybe he thinks it's time to change it up a little or you're ready for the next step. So he might throw in or, or give you something else to do additional practice or he may take away part of the practice and say you're done with that part you're you don't have to do that anymore so it's a it's a living breathing dynamic relationship and obviously hopefully the spiritual guide only has your best interest at heart because I think I know personally, especially in India, there's many, many gurus or spiritual guides who are actually not real. They're just fake. They um, they just want to, you know, gather disciples and, and take their money. And, and it's really, that happens so often in India, I'm told. I've never seen it personally, but I've been told by many people from India that this is the case. And so what else do you get? You get a practice, right? Because the spiritual guide is going to suggest you do a certain practice. This is what you do. This is how you do it. So right now, I, I thought a few years ago, I, I thought I, I this is like a little thought experiment. You know, kind of like Einstein used to do in physics. They would do these thought experiments where they couldn't really do the experiment, but they just thought about it. I thought what if you got what if you ask someone who who claims to be a spiritual person, right? But maybe is not doing any real spiritual practice. What if you ask them to design a spiritual practice that will lead people to the ultimate goal, which is, you know, whatever you want to call it, self-realization, god realization, oneness with god, right? Whatever that is. What if you ask someone, hey, design me a program so I can achieve oneness with God? What do you think the, I mean, what do you think the average person's response would be? I mean, no one knows, right? How do you know? How do you know what practice I should do to achieve that? Because number one, you haven't achieved it yourself. And number two, you, you just, you don't know. You don't know what to do. So... That's one of the biggest things you get from a spiritual guide is a practice that is more or less proven to help you achieve certain goals. Um, Now, how much is that worth? I mean, think about that. People are born and live life and die and are reborn, live life. and The people who live many, many lives and they never even come across someone who can give them a real spiritual practice. So, believe it or not, I think those of us on the path who are you know who who are on the spiritual path and actively participating in it and putting effort into it towards reaching the ultimate goal, I think we are very, very fortunate and blessed, really, because I mean, personally, I'd think of my life i don't know, let's say twelve, thirteen years ago, oh my goodness what a mess. (laughs) What a different life. I mean, just so unhappy and so in pain and and hurting other people and in so many ways. I mean, I could, that's a whole, well, we're not going to get into all that because there's no need. The point is I've changed so much because I've had proper guidance and uh, and someone who really wants me to progress. So I'll just finish with one, uh, this segment, I'll finish with one remark about how to choose a spiritual guide, right? Okay, it's great, you need a spiritual guide, you want one, it helps a lot, but how do you choose one? Well, one of the ways um, told by me, by my spiritual guide, is that when you sit with a person and you feel peace. When you're in a person's presence and you feel a very deep peace, that's a clue, that's a hint. That's kind of like a clue that this person is uh, spiritually elevated. So, now what does that mean? I would suggest you meditate on that. (laughs) Decide what it means to you because I I actually stumbled across my spiritual guide. I didn't I mean I was kind of looking, but my my searching was was about 10 minutes searching on Google. Literally, that's how that's how I ended up finding the practice I'm doing now. I found the practice first I, and I didn't know that there was a, I didn't even know there was a spiritual guide. I just found the practice and I wanted to start the practice and then with my luck the spirit, such a such a spiritual giant was was there waiting for me somehow i was blessed with that all right let's take a break you're listening to the mystic show Thanks to you two for that little song. That's uh, trying to throw your arms around the world. That's off of the CD "Achtung, Baby." Achtung, right? That's a. I think that's a German word which means attention. Like, like, hey. I think I've seen that in airports on some of the signs. Like, you know, Achtung, like w- there's a wet floor. <laughs> You know, attention, be, be aware kind of thing. So welcome back to the Mystic Show. Well, now, now the sun is shining bright outside. It's I like how when I start the show, it's dark, and when I finish the show, it's light. Ooh, is that symbolic? Mmm. <laughs> well, the same is true for you if you're in the same time zone, that you start the show in the dark and end up in the light. So, I want to read a couple, um, well, at least one uh, entry from this this other book we've been picking and choosing excerpts from. It's called 365 Dao Daily Meditations by Deng Ming Dao. And uh, again, one entry per day for every day of the year. And uh, okay, so this one, I don't know if this is for today. Is this for today? Let me see. because mm-hmm. it's actually every date, every day of the year has its own <clears throat> its own entry. right? So t- okay, today's October 22nd. We're in the northern hemisphere. so that would mean page 295 solutions. Yes, this is the one I wanted to read. So this is for today in the Northern Hemisphere. For you Southern Hemisphere folks, um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, it's, it's weird to look it up this way. Right? It's a confusing. Maybe Do I have to hold the book upside down? <laughs> um, all right. If I don't figure this out in three seconds. Okay, I found it. Yeah, for the Southern Hemisphere folks, the topic is acceptance. But for you Northern Hemisphere folks, the topic is called solutions. And I'll go ahead and read. Again, there's a little poem part of it on top and then three paragraphs below it. So this is called solutions. Don't be afraid to explore. Without exploration, there are no discoveries. Don't be afraid of partial solutions. Without the tentative, there is no accomplishment. Indecision and procrastination are corrosive habits. Those who wait for every little thing to be perfect before they embark on a project, or who dislike the compromise of a partial solution... Are among the least happy. Ideal circumstances are seldom given to anyone for an undertaking. Instead, there is uncertainty in every situation. The wise are those who can wrest great advantage from circumstances opaque to everyone else. Wanting everything in life to be perfect before you take action is like wanting to reach a destination without travel. For those who follow Dao, travel is every bit as important as the destination. One step after another, that is still central to the wisdom of Dao. Every day passes whether you participate or not. If you are not careful, years will go by and you will only have regrets. If you cannot solve a problem all at once, at least make a stab at it. Reduce your problems into smaller, more manageable packages, and you can make measurable progress towards achievement. If you wait for everything to be perfect according to your preconceived plans, then you may well wait forever. If you go out and work with the current of life, you may find that success comes from building upon small things. Yes. There you have it. And, you know, it reminds me of I, I one of the great personal development speakers I heard say it. But it's like um if you wanna wait for everything to be perfectly ready for you to act, it would be like, you know, getting sitting in your car in your car in your driveway and waiting for all the stoplights from your house to your work, let's say, to be to all be green at the same time, and then you'll leave the driveway. <laughs> Until then, you're gonna wait. You just wait for them all to be green at the same time, which is crazy, because even if they were green at the same time, by the time you get there, they'll be red, and you know. So I really like this um, this little entry. It's pretty good, I think. Probably in my own life, I I. Need to implement this a little more um, Although I think at times I do this really well At times I think I, I'm i trying to uh, At least map it out in my brain Before I take action Reminds me of another uh, quote from The Secret, actually The DVD, The Secret And I think it was Martin Luther King, actually And I'm going to paraphrase the quote I don't have it in front of me But basically, he said that um, something like you don't have to see the whole staircase. You just have to take the first step or the next step. Right? So we don't know. It's funny. In our lives, we really don't know where it's going, do we? I mean, you really don't know what your life is going to be like in a year or two years or five years. You really don't know because <laughs> so many things can happen. You could be living somewhere else, doing something different. You don't know. I mean, it, it's yes, it's unlikely that big, massive changes will happen, but it's possible. So, yeah, I guess we have to be a little flexible with life. And uh, there's one other one I wanted to read here, too. Um, by the way, do you, what do you think of the, that reading? on solutions partial solutions it's funny i think in america in the american way of business i don't think that's acceptable (laughs) right partial solutions what do you mean partial solution i want you to solve the problem right all right well the other one i wanted to read was 292 balance Yeah, all right, let's read this one. This one's called Balance. This is from a few days ago, but, again, very applicable every day, obviously. All right, this one is called Balance. Summer withered grass to flaxen yellow. Scorched leaves to brittle paper. Dried lakes to cracked clay. Chill autumn brought little relief, only frosted the devastation. But the early gentle rains, the earth's fissures softened, and desiccated plants began to dissolve. Slowly, balance comes once again. Many cultures describe old people as having seen many winters. Those elders have seen many cycles come and go, and their wisdom comes from long observation of life's rising and falling. If we have a long-range view, then we realize that equilibrium comes in the course of nature's progression. Nature does not achieve balance by keeping to one level. Rather, elements and seasons alternate with one another in succession. Balance, as defined by Tao, is not stasis, but a dynamic process of many overlapping alternations. Even if some phases seem wildly excessive... They are balanced by others. Everything has its place. Everything has its season. As events turn, balance is to know what is here, what is coming, and how to be in perfect harmony with it. Then one attains a state of sublimity, that cannot be challenged Alright that was Balance Again from 365 Tao Daily Meditations by Deng Ming Dao. I don't know I like that book It's just a little book But little little entries And you know You kind of always find something That means something to you Well Unfortunately, or fortunately, it's time for us to get on with our day. <laughs> I hope uh, hope you enjoyed some of the topics that we discussed today. In the James Allen book, Above Life's Turmoil, wow. That's all I can say. And we're barely just getting started. We're We've read two pieces and there's 20 in the whole book. So, Smile today, keep good thoughts, think of that eternity that James Allen was talking about that's beyond the ebb and flow of this material world. Maybe try to connect with that during your day and uh, let let us know how that works for you. We'd love to hear from you on our website, themysticshow.net. And you can suggest it to your friends if they might like the show, too. So, you know what I'm going to say next. (laughs) Until next time, keep shining.